Hello there, and welcome to episode 71 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. One I'm of my Ron favorite, Burgundy. One of my favorite movies of all time. More specifically, uh, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, The Game, which is a board <laughs> game. A game? We just got. <laughs> what? It, uh, so apparently the object of the game is, it's like a Mad Lib, where you you give other people a teleprompter and they have to try and read the teleprompter without cracking. Uh, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun, so we just, yeah. we just picked it up and we're gonna we're gonna play it at some point soon. That's great way fun. to hold um, together. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a great time. Um, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, Same. And video games. Uh, I am your host this week, Andrew Vanoss. Jeff um, had some stuff going on, so he unfortunately could not make it. Um, but uh, I am always happy to fill in whenever I can. Joining me this week is Derek Wiseman, as usual. Hello. Uh, Adam Vanoss, my dear other cousin. Hello. And OG Game Shark Jordan Rosa. How you go? How you doing, bro? I am going good. That's not what I. Is that what I said? That you I said, almost how are you? How are you go? How how do you go? Um, uh, with my feet. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about uh, Returnal and New Pokemon Snap, which are two games that just released. Uh, we were going to talk about Kotor this week, but again, Jose and Jeff were both busy, so we ended up pushing it. Um, so that is how the cookie crumbles. Uh. So I guess let's kick it right off with some news, you guys. Uh, we don't, I don't think we have any emails. I'll check it in a little bit because I haven't checked it. Uh, but we'll start with the quick time events, which is the thing that I came up with that Jeff decided not to stick with. Um, <laughs> that's, so, that's really clever. What? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Jeff just like fails to think of it sometimes. Lame. Uh, announced today, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is getting a 4K re-release. Ooh. which i believe nice. it released today as well oh did it really yeah on playstation xbox pc and switch sick so Interesting. i remember i played that game when i was a kid but i never beat it so it, this might be something that i that i look to pick up i don't think i've heard of it like what do you do in that it's game? like it's Baldur's gate is like uh it's like D fantasy setting oh, um, okay. it's like it's just a classic rpg hmm. it's a um, it's like a, a Top down, I think. Yeah, game. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a there's a trailer for it in the doc. Um, it's it looks pretty much the same, but upresed, which is which I'll, is cool. I'll have to check it out afterwards. Yeah, I definitely uh, might maybe get it. I wonder um, if that means Baldur's Gate three is closer to releasing or something, and this is like a way to hype it up or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, E three is uh, kind of trickling out a little bit more bits of news. Um, we got some deconfirmations and confirmations of uh, people who are going to be in attendance. Konami is no longer going to be at E3. Uh, after originally being announced as one of the supporters, they said that they are not ready to present this year due to timing, um, but they are still in development on a number of key projects. These are their words. Uh, so stay tuned for some updates in the coming months. Um, can't say I'm shocked. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know they were making games anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't say I'm really surprised with that. Uh, but whatever they have 
you know going on I, I look forward to hearing about it eventually um and then today we learned that square uh sega and bandai namco are signed on for e3 um good stuff so really i think with the except like if you think about how bethesda is probably just going to be part of microsoft sony's really the only mm -hmm. big one that's left out at this point mm. um some people are speculating that uh with code Bandai Namco's inclusion, we will hear a little bit on Elden Ring, potentially. Please? I hope so. I think would appease the masses and Derek. <laughs> Mostly Derek. Um, that is, and those come alongside uh, X-Seed Games and Gearbox are also going to be in attendance. Um, Gearbox is a name that I'm familiar with, but I don't know anything that they've done off the top of my head. Same here. Borderlands is the only is, big is Gearbox? thing, but they okay. also they also publish uh, as okay. well, and I can't think of anything notable that they've published. I know there's like one or two, but yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Like I said, I recognize the name for sure, but uh, yeah, but they're gonna be D three, which is cool. Um, sticking with the uh conference news gamescom 2021 will no longer be a hybrid event now it is going to be digital only which again not really surprising you know uh, i think a lot of people were skeptical when they announced that it would be a hybrid event in the first place um so this will probably be you know this year for at least for the uh, foreseeable future for the remainder of this year we're going to see a lot of events still switch to digital only and then maybe next year we'll finally be able to go back to having in-person conferences um so this is kind of just a little update on that and then the last quick time event is that sony has registered a new uh sunset overdrive trademark oh yeah which is very weird because sunset overdrive is an xbox exclusive at least huh. previously or was <clears throat> was could be mm. I also saw something that uh, the reasoning could be because the sequel is in development currently on Insomniac. Oh, yeah. And that's um, why. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because Insomniac owes the, owns the IP. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. That would be, that'd be pretty funny. Imagine if... So the original Sunset Overdrive was met with middling reception, right? Yeah, it was kind of like the one okay... Launch, launch title for the xbox for, one okay. i think yeah. yeah so imagine if the second one which would be a sony <laughs> exclusive is like really good yeah on the <laughs> that'd ps5 be, that'd be hilarious <laughs> that'd be cool yeah i'd be i'd be down to see that From it was one of those, it would definitely be funny it was one of those games that was like a cool idea but like just didn't just kind of fell flat yeah i think yeah. I, I don't even remember what it's about is it was it like a zombie game it's like a post-apocalyptic game about the I think there's zombies in it. I don't know. I, I played know it and I can't even remember what it's about. I know yeah. it has a bunch of elements of like parkour in it and that yeah. they they reuse some of those assets uh for Spider-Man PS4 from what I heard. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that's pretty much all I know about it. Interesting. Well, maybe we'll see a sequel and maybe it'll be good, who knows. Yeah. As long who as knows? it's on the PS5, like I, like with what Insomniac did with um spider-man and what they're doing with ratchet and clank i don't see how this wouldn't also be like make good use of it so hey 
trade it's a trademark so it could also mean nothing mm -hmm. you know right exactly um all right so that does it for the quick time events now we're moving on to the real deal the real business the news uh so i guess we'll start with a little a little trailer that came out a couple of days ago surprise announcement from nintendo a game called game builder garage uh which i don't know if uh adam and jordan you guys saw the trailer for this but it basically i, I did games... just like an hour ago okay, i didn't great. even know that it was a thing yeah exactly like it's just a like nintendo just randomly dropped this trailer yesterday um and it's like a game maker in on your switch you know it's like it hmm. takes the idea of mario maker but pushes it to a straight programming focus hmm. which is like and it has a very nintendo aesthetic so it i think this is really really cool it is pretty neat as a concept. Yeah, because it's like, if you're a kid, right, and you find this game that looks super cute, and you're also teaching yourself to program in a way, and it's like, this could be like a, a, a gate that, you know, for the minds of, of children everywhere to, like, become programmers. And, yeah. like, honestly, like, the, I saw the truth. The way they're doing it, like, uh, one of the first coding classes I ever took, computer science, this is at the college level even, they use things very similar. They just kind of reposition all the block, all the general codes in like these multicolored blocks you can just throw in and stack with each other. So yeah. it mimics stuff you even see in like a college level, albeit like first year level coding course. Yeah. And it's, it's like kind of neat. And the sheer number of like different game types that you can make from the trailer that they showed is like really cool like this is it, it seems like it's maybe i don't know quite comparable to ps4's dreams but it's like it's almost oh, yeah. in that in that echelon right where it's like there's so many different things that you can make you can make platformers i see i'm seeing puzzle games card games shooters fighters you know like they're the possibilities seem pretty endless yeah yeah i mean without even looking at the trailer like just hearing the description of it like conceptually it sounds great it's sounds like something that i you know want to pick up just for shits and giggles yeah like it's a perfect way like a lot of people you know gamers especially always talk about like oh well i want to learn how to make my own game right and like mm -hmm. this is a, a way to do it right like yeah it, you it's sure. giving you the tools to learn programming so then you can apply those skills to maybe like a real life application yeah like it won't go anywhere like teaching you like actual code but at least gets you the process of thinking how it works yeah exactly and it's super cute. Yeah. Like, honestly, from the trailer, like you can make a wide variety of things. It looks like. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was just yeah. saying. Like, yeah, you would think it'd be a lot more limited, but it seems like they there's a lot of options. Like, yeah. I saw shooters. I saw like side scrolling. I saw I don't even know what else. Just the ver much more than I expected out of a Nintendo coding game. Yeah, it definitely it looks super neat. I'm very excited to see what people can make with this. Yeah, I'm sure. Just seeing with like people made with dreams, oh, yeah. uh, I, I'll be definitely curious to see what people can do with this. Yeah, and, uh... like imagine it's like it's like imagine a world where like even like because this is beneficial for multiple parties, right? Like you have kids mm -hmm. who can learn programming and get into it through that uh, regard, but then you also have adults who can maybe use the the system to their advantage and like maybe get hired by people like like hey you made this awesome game in game builder uh you do you want to work for us right yeah 
Like, that sounds pretty cool. I saw a funny tweet about it earlier, actually. Like, okay, so Nintendo won't give us a new Kid Icarus or a Localization Mother 3. We're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, Terry Crews said, give us Localized Mother 3. So. Which is like the strangest thing I've seen all I week. That, I thought that was fake or like something. somebody. 100% thought that was a shit yeah. post. No, Terry Crews is legit. Oh, my God. Another that, reason that, to love Terry Crews. That's like, that's like when somebody like, told the voice of like eddie from ed and eddie to, to say localized mother three it's just so surreal did they yeah did they yeah it was really funny that's great so yeah this looks really cool i'm excited to see uh what the future holds for it Same here. um but that's probably the cheeriest bit of news that we have today because the rest of it is is kind of bleak by comparison so i guess we'll start with uh the earliest bit which was i think pretty shortly after we ended the podcast last week uh the entire like almost the entire teams at toys for bob the studio who worked on the spyro reignited trilogy and crash 4 uh has been let go by activision blizzard uh and this is followed up by a more recent story in that activision plans to triple the size of their cod teams Oh, come um, on. And Jordan's initial reactions to this are pretty spot on. Because it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah, the, yeah, they confirmed through a couple employees that they uh, had been let go. Um, and it just, it just sucks, man. That's like, a, it's just a bunch of bullshit, man. Like, Activision is definitely the company that we love to hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's like, it's like, how like i don't i don't even see this like really increasing the quality of their call of duty games either like no. and, like i feel like a lot of them are going to have to work on warzone right yeah mm-hmm. and, th- and that's what happened with toys for bob is they got moved to develop the next season of of warzone yeah uh so like all the people who are left are and i think it's just like developers uh i think the people who got let go were like artists and um Probably like QA people and stuff like that, because uh, there's I think there's still a small amount left. But yeah, they just got moved to like so people just either quit or had already gotten like oh like yeah that sucks. But it definitely sounds like um, what was the thing I I, I had read that uh, the development for the whatever this year's game is just like awful. So there's it's just like yeah. all hands on deck. Like every internal studio that isn't working on a Blizzard thing is now working on Call of Duty in some fashion. And it's yeah, right. Like, like I, I would hate to be uh, one of those developers that like maybe maybe you're working on your passion project by working on like a new crash or something, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like actually you're gonna work on Call of Duty, and you're just like, oh, oh yeah, great. Like yeah, I'm sure the people who fun who work for sledgehammer who work for treyarch who work for infinity ward like they want to work on call of duty they like call it like that's why they join those teams but yes all these other t- studios like i feel like it's a that sucks yeah, yeah and it, the, it, the the most disheartening part about it is like the reignited trilogy and crash 4 are really good they are they really like, are i i've played and like, like through like all three or yeah i've played through like all three spyro games and they're like really good those were like my introduction to the spyro games and, and like and Crash 4 is the best Crash game. Yeah, right? like ever and, made. 
it's great. Like they're they're they were really doing something like different while also trying to be faithful to the original three crash games. Yeah, the passion it's like Derek said, the passion was clear for those projects and now they're just pulling the talent to work on fucking Call of Duty. Which yeah. I understand is the big moneymaker. But at the, at the same time, it's like you're making money whether those games were shit or not. So yeah. like, why not let your people make what make like you know these special, more special games? It's like I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but I'll, at the same time, why? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like Derek said. They're just trying to quell whatever raging trash fire the game currently is. Yeah, I mean that, that must speak a lot of of, of you know bounds for this year's call of duty right yeah if they're really if they have to triple their development size i mean it, it's weird to think about but right now they probably have this year's call of duty in development next year's call of duty in development and the year after that's call of duty in pre-production so it's like they have to support all three of those teams yeah while also like fixing whatever dumpster fire this year's is yeah it's like it's gonna be what like the next modern warfare the next black ops and whatever else they're doing yeah this year's it's supposedly a world war Two. it's a sequel to world war Two. yes and but um, it's like it's like the alternate history one where it's like what if world war Two never ended yeah right? that's what the rumors the rumors are and the next year yeah. is supposed to be modern warfare 2 and then the year after that is supposed to be treyarch i think but it's yeah it's just you a mean complete mess you mean Modern Warfare 2, but uh, but the sequel to the new Modern Warfare? Yeah, Modern Warfare 2 2022, <laughs> we'll call it. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That's too many twos for yeah. me. Supposedly, there's also Modern Warfare 3 Remastered that's being developed as well. Just because... Uh, of course there is. Why not? Why? Because uh, <laughs> I guess a lot dude, of people like Modern Warfare 3. Dude, everybody... It's all the same. For yeah. the most, like, I mean... Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe not all the same, but like for the most part, like it's Call of Duty, it's the same. Right. Man, that's just it's just ridiculous. I think <laughs> Call of Duty is like the 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 perfect example of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it is broke though. But it's been broken. Exactly. <laughs> it's been or broken. just keep fixing it until it is broken. <laughs> yeah. What? Just keep breaking it until it fixes itself. <laughs> I, that. That that must be the leap in logic that they're doing. Yeah. I, that's the way I rationalize a lot of things in my head. Like this thing is fine. Someone comes in, this could be better, and in the process of making it "quote unquote" better, they actually turn it into a garbage fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this uh, is yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm pretty sad about this, but yeah. apparently, uh, I think some of I hope like the people who got laid off like start their own studio and make like a a ukulele trans trans um adjacent game. Right, yeah. Where it's like not Crash Bandicoot, but kind of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, you know, like a. I think I think that would be a nice um, way to to wrap it up. But man, Activision sucks. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I have to say about that. Activision is stinky. Uh, speaking of companies that suck, the head of the Stadia project, John Justice, has left Google. Wow. So that's more Stadia representatives leaving the company. Uh, uh, doesn't really speak well for Stadia. Yeah, no, guess, not really. I guess he really do didn't do that any justice. But um, all right, Jordan. It was nice having you on the podcast. But I'm gonna yeah, have to, all right. Uh, I'm gonna have right. to ask you to leave. Yep. See you later. <laughs> see you later, guys. That, that was my one joke for the episode. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, you get one. <laughs> you yeah. Get no. One. It's just um. 
I mean, you're right. Like Stadia, it's very funny hearing Stadia's mission statement being commitment, right? And having them saying like, we are, we're going to commit to this and we're going to make this a good product that can be competitive with the rest, with the other big names. And then just the absolute, just downward slope that it's been since launch is, is not, not even surprising, mm-hmm. but it's just like almost cathartic every time a, a bit of news article, a bit of news comes out. Um, you know, it's like every single time something happens, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I believe it. It's just a ticking time bomb. I'm yeah. sure in his head too. He was like, if I can't sell this thing, nobody can. So good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Hats off for anybody who could uh, do this better than I can. Yeah, it's like Stadia is just. Uh, Wait, it's it's just it's just a it's just a waiting game, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're gonna be dead in the water at some point. They just added a search bar, so I don't know how much more they need. <laughs> Man, Ugh. yeah. I mean, like I said, not surprised, and I think that it's only a matter of time. But that was it for that. Just a little bit of a <laughs> a Stadia update, I suppose. Um, but now for some. Sony news and the first big one which kind of came out of nowhere is that PlayStation is now in a partnership with Discord. I did yeah, see didn't, that. Didn't yeah. this come like a few days after they'd stopped talking with Microsoft? Maybe not a few days, but definitely like close Soon. enough. Yeah. Where yeah. it's pretty uh pretty interesting the timeline uh in which that took place. Because <laughs> we were just saying, you know, like a week, week or two ago, like, oh, well, you know, it makes sense for Discord to want to go and do their own thing, be on their own, because they're this, you know, super successful upstart. And now this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Which is like... Go for it, Eric. It's interesting because I was reading about it and it's so they they purchased a stake in or invested in the last round of funding for discord which took place back in december so like this has been in the works since december while all these like talks too about like microsoft possibly buying them and everything so yeah and sony's just in the back laughing yeah it's like (laughs) pretty interesting yeah so they said that uh discord should be integrated with playstation by january of next year uh, which is a realistic timeline, um, seeing that this seems to have just gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is massive, you know. Like we were talking about all of the implications that this could have for Microsoft if with that acquisition, and now just apply all of that to Sony. Maybe with the exception of like, like you can't play Sony games on your phone like you can the same way with Game Pass. But like, it's still like disc. Like so, imagine now combining the discord and playstation apps into one app on your phone and from discord you can purchase sony games download them to your console message parties talk in parties like this isn't this is pretty nuts and maybe this is some like with discord being so prominent on pc maybe this has some sort of implication with a sony to pc you know translation yeah right that's what my my thinking was is like okay what are the like microsoft has been so about integrating xbox with pc is this sony's play to like actually we're gonna do the same thing 
and yeah. but we're gonna have discord which makes it even easier to like do those uh yeah do those things yeah and it's like it's kind of the same thing with like we were saying with xbox too it's like now you can have you know let's say derek and tcon are on playstation jeff and i are on pc jeff adam like like any of us like we're there's six of us on pc one of us on playstation that guy on playstation can like can just join right in the voice right. call. you know it's right there on his playstation and then he and then he is selling playstation games to us you know through voice and it's like this is this is huge that's some pretty sick implementation for sure yeah like it, it's it's i think pretty crazy the like subtle marketing value that this has purely based oh, yeah. on like just the usability of it like people are already using discord and having that be part of sony is inherently an advertisement so this is pretty great this is like great for sony you know mm-hmm. i was i was rooting for the microsoft acquisition because i like i think microsoft is doing a lot of great things right now um but this is like like good on sony i guess I hope that they don't Sony it though. Like I hope that they don't somehow make it like super unfriendly to the consumer. Yeah, I I have a feeling I don't. I feel like it's a hard thing because if I feel like you could just think about it like the Spotify app. Like yeah, Sony at the beginning of the PS4 lifecycle did the same thing with Spotify, and you just got a Spotify app on your PS4, and the cool Sony thing was, owns Spotify. No, I think they just have a. They just invested in it, like same oh, thing. Okay. Same thing as Discord. They invested and built a partnership. But eventually, at over time. Oh, so that's so that's all this is. This isn't like Discord is not owned by Sony now. No, no, they just. No. So I, I misinterpreted them. Yeah, no, it's just a, they invested a small portion and then now they're partnering. So, over time, basically, what we'll see is we'll probably see a Discord app pop up and then. Like every update, something new, you know, like with Spotify, it was like, oh, actually, if you press the home button now, you can change your song or you can select a song. And it's like, oh, if you press the home button, you can switch what channel you're in. You can, you know, do this, do that. Like that's that's basically how I see this this going. It's just the okay. Discord app will be added. And then over time, there'll be integration in with, within the the OS of, of home. You know, imagine with the PS5, this is a perfect example. You press the home button and in those cards is like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of people on this Discord channel that I'm that I am a part of. Let yeah. me hop in there. Like that's yeah. it. And like, cool. and I already like the social features on the PlayStation Five. So just making that a part of Discord is going to be great. Like, like, oh yeah, if you can it maybe like, sense. you can. What if you're st- you stream Sony games to your friends on Discord so your people mm-hmm. on PC can watch you play games on your PlayStation and like. Maybe like, what if you can even share games through through Discord? You know that that would seem maybe a little far fetched, but uh, but the possibilities are there. Right. Yeah, definitely, the possibilities are definitely there. Yeah, this is this is pretty exciting news for Sony fans. Um, but I think, oh, actually, no, I forgot about the one last bit of Sony news, which is that they are facing <laughs> a lawsuit over their digital store practices. This is kind of what I meant by them Sonying it. You know, because oh. this is where Sony is uh, a dick. Uh, but basically, Sony is uh, facing a lawsuit um, by for the unlawful monopoly of restricting purchases of PlayStation games to its in-house store. 
consumers claimed. And so this is basically like, basically Sony is limiting the amount of games that get sold in retail stores compared to their online stores, which like forces people to spend more money on their PlayStation games because they're harder to find, you know, at sales. Yeah. Um, Derek, I know you probably know a lot more about this than I do. So it's it's not specifically uh, that like they're limiting you to purchase it from the PlayStation Store. It's that um, they're limiting digital games. I guess they, I don't know. I think they started doing it at the beginning of this. Like it was recently that they did this. Um, is to buy a digital place a digital PlayStation game, you could only buy it on the PlayStation Store, as opposed to like downloading a code from getting a code from like Amazon or mm-hmm. something else. And so that's what they're being. I think that's what the these companies are going after PlayStation for, um, which is a weird thing. Yeah, because. It just it's basically it it doesn't really affect the consumer in a way because it's not like uh there's nothing stopping us from de- uh like buying uh PlayStation credits from other stores like whatever mm-hmm. we just can't physically buy a game code and um the reason they do that they do this is because typically there are game sites that uh, like we this happens with steam is that they buy these codes in bulk and then they sell they undercut the price and sell them for extremely cheap and it's a very shady practice uh it's been happening with like steam keys forever i want to say it happens with like playstation and like it might even happen with like nintendo and uh um xbox online games like download games as well but it's basically they're like well no we're not going to let that happen like we'll just yeah. if you want to buy it online you got to buy it from our store and yeah. and now they're being sued for it yeah now they're being sued for it i'm curious to see how it go where it goes uh yeah because i don't i don't know how legally you can say like i i'm trying to think of like a good example um because it's like the digital it's digital and that's where it gets all fuzzy Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I want to buy a Walmart branded uh, shoe, I gotta go to Walmart for it. I can't go to Be- like you know, like I can't go to Best Buy and buy the Walmart shoe. I gotta <laughs> go to to Walmart. So why, like, why should I be able to buy the PlayStation digital code at a, another store? You know, like it makes sense the physical version because. There's no physical PlayStation store. Yeah. Like, I, like what would stop Apple from just making... No, you can only buy our product in the Apple... Like Tesla. Tesla, you can only buy a Tesla at a Tesla-branded retailer. You can't... There's no dealerships. There's nothing like... Like, they face a lot of backlash for that. So it's uh, it's a weird space. Right? So I, we're yeah. probably not going to find out for, like, two years what the outcome yeah. of this is. I guess but... the, the consumers who, uh, you know, brought up the lawsuit... Uh, Basically, their big problem is that Sony is charging significantly higher prices for their downloadable games uh, on their stores compared to uh, their physical counterparts in retail markets. Um, and so I guess they 
they and they they gave a metric people end up paying as much as 175 percent more for downloadable games than the same ones on disc so hmm. yeah I, it's, that's that's where they're going with it it's a weird because sony doesn't set the price of a physical retail disc they just sell it to the store exactly it's a weird it's a very weird there's a weird gray area there yeah. uh yeah, yeah, I'm really curious to see where that where what comes out of this. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely pretty weird. Although uh, I don't know if this is related or not, but on the side of this here article, it says I don't know what any of these numbers mean, but I see Amazon and Walmart with green arrows pointing up, and Sony with a red arrow pointing down. So uh, I believe that means they're uh, something about their stock prices. Their yes. stock price went down. I don't know, Derek. You tell me. Like I said, I don't know uh, what the numbers it, mean. It's also it's really confu- it's also in yen. <laughs> <laughs> it so went down. It you, went down 185 yen. Yeah, so it makes it look even worse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. So that is definitely uh, pretty weird, and we'll see where that really goes. Um, Derek, did you want to touch on the Microsoft Apple case, the Epic Apple case? Because Microsoft, like, they, through that, they had to release a bunch of uh, details about, like, Microsoft Store stuff, right? And there was a lot of redacted. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of weird stuff. And I we I feel like I, I'm waiting for, like, the, uh, the summary article. Because it feels like every day there's, like, some piece of evidence that comes up. Uh, but the, I think the big thing is that that I showed you guys was there was this big slide from when uh, the VP of Microsoft game, Xbox Game Studios or whatever was testifying, and um, it basically showed uh, the list of all the games that were supposed to come out in the last three quarters. And yeah. there's a big chunk of this, basically this quarter, uh, first quarter. I guess we're almost out of first quarter 2021, actually. But anyway, there's just a big chunk of games that were supposed to come out that were delayed, but they're all redacted. Yeah. And, and so the thinking mm-hmm. is, because Halo Infinite is in shows for November, but it was we know that was delayed. So clearly, this is an old document from before it was delayed. So like, what game? Like, what are these games that they can't show us? Is it because like are they redacted because they haven't been announced yet? Or is it because, uh, um, like, they just didn't release? Like, did they not redact Halo because it's their own property and they can get away with not redacting it? It's a yeah. a funny, it's a weird thing. So uh, there's even a game that was supposed to come out. It looked like like it was supposed to come out in the summer of 2020 that was redacted, that clearly got pushed out, and we have no idea what yeah. it is. It's really exciting because maybe there's like a lot more on the horizon than we initially thought, especially just for Microsoft specifically. And like, if you take this same, I think, idea and apply it to Nintendo and Sony, maybe there's just a lot more that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty exciting. I think E3 this year is going to be big. Yeah, I'm yeah, hoping. I hope so. The, we need the, to get boneheads and watch I, it. I, yeah, I think the craziest thing is well. E3 could be huge because, because like all these games that got delayed, they had to at some point, if they're supposed to come out last year, early this year, they had to have built like trailers out or everything. So yeah. are we just going to get like trailers for all these games that just aren't coming out this year and are all coming out <laughs> next year? 
Well, I, I mean, something. I could see them even being like, uh, like this releases this summer or like later this year, right? Because if they were supposed to release a year ago, you know, like that's they have to, yeah. they have to be close to done. That's what, yeah. I don't, we don't know. Like, yeah. How many games were close to being done in March of 2020? I don't know, know if we'll ever know the answer to that. That were six months away for release. Yeah. Like, we have no idea. Yeah, very so. true. And we saw what happened. Maybe maybe this is also telling, uh, you know, setting... And Cyberpunk set the example of what not to do in this mm-hmm. scenario because, you know, Cyberpunk was got pushed back and pushed back and eventually they said, okay, ship it and look what happened. So these maybe these uh redacted games not getting shipped is a is a good thing right for, yeah. for everybody um so yeah that's a i'm definitely curious to see the ramifications of that development mm. um is it just going to be like an amazing triple a release released every week in 2022 yeah right like <laughs> so we're not going to have enough that time would, right? that would be so if, crazy like if like at like a 20 either what 2021 or 2022 is going to be like the be- one of the best years in video games period because like it, like imagine oh, yeah. if this imagine if this year we got God of War 2, Breath of the Wild 2, Hollow Knight Silk Song, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh we do, what what game just came out? Returnal's pretty good. Returnal, we'll get to that yeah. later. Um Resident Evil 8 comes out Resident tomorrow. 8, yeah. That's uh, tomorrow. Elden oh. Ring. Yeah. You know. Dude, good, like, good stuff. Good E3 stuff. E3 could be very spicy this year. Oh yeah. Could mm-hmm. be. I'm waiting for the spice. Um, we got oh, yeah. we got like a month, right, boys? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Hell just yeah. About. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, but my body is ready. My body is also ready. But that is all we have for news this week. Um, so with that, we're gonna move <laughs> on to games we've been playing that are not named Returnal or Pokemon Snap. Does anybody have any? Uh, Adam, we will start with you. So. With the recent uh, blessing of the PS4 you've given me, uh, I started up The Last of Us. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice. Playing you, after the... Did I'm you not... cry? A little bit. Yeah. I got a, it was a little emotional in the beginning. It's a heavy there. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm not incredibly far. I'm at the scene where, uh, so spoilers, where they find out Ellie got bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's not incredibly far into the game, but you guys have also said it's not a super long game. No, not really. So, so yeah, just playing that. It's good. It's real good. Oh yeah. Definitely. I haven't played a game quite like it before, so it's definitely an experience. Yeah, Yeah, that's the that's the probably the best way to describe The Last of Us is it's It's, just it's its own thing. Yeah. Uh, Playing more God of War as usual. Nice. Good, I'm good, probably going to stick with those two for a bit until I finish those up and I'll move on to something else. Fair. My, I think my suggestion after that would probably be Horizon because Forbidden West comes out later this year. Potentially. True. Potentially. Potentially. We shall see. Uh, anything else besides those um, that aren't named Pokemon Snap? A little bit of League here and there. Uh, still on the uh, classic World of Warcraft grind. So actually, they just announced, confirmed today that uh, Burning Crusades are coming back on the first of June. 
So I've got three weeks to get my character to level 60. <laughs> I'm luck. at 20. I'm Godspeed. at 28 currently. So it's, Ooh, you're not even halfway there. <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, you only, my friend was saying, you only have to get up to like 50. You don't have to hit 60. Cause like the beginning stuff of uh crusade content could be done starting at like 58. Yeah, I'd say you only have to be at like 58. Um, oh, my my apologies. 58. I mean, it's still going to take a while, but the good thing is I have friends level 60 characters who I'm going to somehow bribe into, hey, you want to boost me through all these quests? Like, just yeah. go kill all the mobs so I can finish this? <laughs> just, like, boost you through all the dungeons and everything? You'll level Pretty up in much. no time. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. hey, look, I just need you to be there with all of your tier 3 raid gear and just one-shot everything for me so I can just finish the quests. That's it. That's where all the experience is. <laughs> so nice. we're gonna see yeah but that's it from you yeah it's it that also this is just kind of cool and noteworthy so uh burning crusades is where so originally shamans were exclusive to the horde and paladins yeah. were exclusive to the alliance so they get the two new races that allow the other faction to get those so the only difference this time around is you're actually getting access to for a horde it's blood elf and for the alliance it's Jernai. you can get those early on may 18th so you can start leveling the new classes oh, before oh, nice. the new actually come out. So yeah, if you know it cool. hard for that week and a half, you could have a level 60 character ready for the Crusades. So, Solid. so that's the only like, thing they've like crazy changed about it. Like the fact that you get these new races early if you want to prep for it. That way you don't have to wait for it to actually come out to start the new character. Yeah, that's definitely cool. I nope. don't know anything about World of Warcraft and I hope to never play it. Yeah. I I'm think, doing I think it Final Fantasy 14 yeah. will, will just about uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, satisfy me when that it comes enough. to MMOs. Until the League fair MMO enough. comes out, then goodbye. Oh, and we're trying that. <laughs> we have to. Fair enough. That'll probably be many, many years before we see that. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, it's been mm. like a solid year since you've been on the podcast. <laughs> what have you been playing in that year that is the most notable? You would say, um, well, I played Super Monkey Ball for the first time. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, my my girlfriend gave it to me because um, I told her that I, I've never played it, and then she was like, "Just just take the game, take it." And I'm like, "You know what? Fine, that's awesome, and it's it's really fun. I've seen a lot of playthroughs of that game, and like it's super wonky. Like when it comes to you know you you move it like." A centimeter, like too far to the right, mm-hmm. and like you, you, you just end <laughs> you just up toppling yeet. over. <laughs> you just eat yourself <laughs> right off the stage, and you got a, yourself a dead monkey on your hands. Um, I will. I I played a little bit of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Andrew. That's right. Um, which is yep. a, ch- a childhood game of his that. Uh, oh yeah. That definitely sparked a bunch of memories for him. I, I don't have any memories of that game, but I have a memory of, of that era of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, um, I like it's 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 a funny dynamic because I will say like, oh, I remember this from the video game. And you'll say this. You'll say like, oh, I remember that from the TV show. <laughs> oh, I know what game you're talking about. I played yeah. that one, too. Yeah, I told you, Adam. It's just the one that we played together. Did we play that one together? Absolutely, we did. I'm pretty sure I've never. No. I, I think I owned a copy of it. We might have both owned a copy. I don't remember. One of us Either did. Way. We rented it or something back in the days of Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely... It's funny you say that, because the TMNT GameCube games were the games that I rented from Blockbuster the most. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. 
Um, um, anything else noteworthy, Jordan? Um, just like a bunch of like, like I I beat Super Mario Galaxy on like Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, that's that's an amazing game. Oh, I yeah. played the second one growing up, but like I never I never played the the first one. Um. Uh, did, so Persona... did you did you beat all three uh, of the All Star games? No, no, I no. still got Sunshine, but like I already have a file on my GameCube, so I'm I was right. gonna play it there. Which um, one did you say is the best one? That's a tough one. Um, I, I I feel like I'd say like Mario Galaxy. Yeah, that's probably the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. Mario Galaxy is really good. Yeah, real good because sixty four and Sunshine are a little uh, a dated. little buggy for me. They're dated. They're dated for sure. Like they're good games. Like don't get me wrong, but oh, like absolutely, they're they're, they're like they're super buggy. <laughs> like with <laughs> with some of its controls because like. Oh, it's, and the camera it's... in sixty or not sixty four sunshine specifically. Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've I've been besides that I've been playing like Persona Five like here and there. Um, I'll probably get to that whenever possible. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I picked up a Tamagotchi recently. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, a video game. Technically, a video game. Uh, I forgot about it, and <laughs> my pet literally uh went back to his home planet. So is that how Tamagotchi work? They're aliens. <laughs> yeah, they're like aliens that like hatch from eggs, and then you just got to take care of them by feeding them, playing games, and cleaning up after their shit. Literally. I just realized I know very, very little about Tamagotchi. <laughs> I mean, me too. Before I picked it up, this is the first time that I've ever. Uh, played with one and it's interesting i could see why people in like the late 90s and early 2000s really uh really clicked with this. <laughs> it's, it's it's something to pass the time for sure yeah it can replace your real friendships with fake friendship yes nice but, uh, um, yeah r- rest in peace clemson <laughs> <laughs> well uh i guess kind of speaking of persona 5 i played a lot of persona 5 strikers this week uh in attempt in an attempt to Pick it back up slash beat it. Uh, and uh, Jordan witnessed the ultimatum that I made to myself where I got stuck on this one boss fight, uh, which is, in my opinion, literally impossible, and decided to watch the rest of the story on YouTube, which I did. So, You've uh, gotten so close once or twice from what I've seen. I got I like... got kind of close once, and every other time I got ass blasted so yeah like that like the comparison between like the damage you deal to that boss versus the damage that that boss deals to you is astronomical yeah it's like i have to be super technical dodge every attack and then also hit him sometimes he dodges your spells which is really cool uh and then when he hits you with one combo it deals half of your health or more so i uh yeah i quit that real quick and looked up the rest <laughs> of the story on YouTube. Um, I think it's, at this point, it is safe to say that my review of that game is cancelled. Um, especially, <laughs> especially since I didn't finish it. Also because the game came out two mo- three months ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel I might still write something up. I'm not sure yet. I wrote a review on the GG app. Um uh <laughs> it's, i'm I'm just done with it i'm done uh 
but that's okay because I I've been I've kind of been faced with the same thing with other games recently where I'm like there are a lot of games about to come out, a lot of games I'm still in the middle of, so I need to pick a couple of them to play, right? Like I can't, yeah, I feel I that. Can't, I just have too many games to play, so I have to sacrifice some of them. Persona Five was that was one of them. I think I might uh, not go back to Loop Hero either, just because it seems like from what you were even saying about Chapter Three, Derek, it's like I haven't even gotten to Chapter Three yet, and I don't know how I'm even going to get past it. Oh, I forgot about that game. About Loop Hero? Yeah. <laughs> Derek, always be looping. I I haven't looped in a long time. Damn. Well, that's okay. Yeah, it's like, there, there's just several games where I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't go back to this because I need to make room for other newer games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I think, other than that, the only thing that I have played is the Apex Legends Arena mode. Derek and I played a couple of rounds earlier today. Yeah, just um, before we we hopped on here. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. uh it's like I it's I think it's I like it better than Valorant or uh what's the other one? CS:GO. Uh, CS:GO. Because I don't I mean I guess I don't know how it is in CS:GO, but in this game it seems you can buy like a really wide variety of weapons from the first round. Yeah, right? like it's 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 shorter by comparison because in Valorant you need to win like eleven rounds to win, but in this you only need to win three. So, and the maps are the map is bigger, but the circle closes in to you know keep it uh, more acute, more succinct. Um, so, like it gives you a wide variety of like things to to play with in that time, which is is really fun. Yeah, I I like. It seems that. Uh... It's kind of yeah that first round. It's like what what's your preference? What do you want? What do you like to use? Like go buy those. Like it's just that the the thing I think that the thing that makes a difference is uh you can you eventually you can pay for like the upgrades so you can get the you know all the blue attachments all the purple attachments in the later rounds so that you, you know yeah. the weapon is a little deadlier. Um, yeah, you I can also spend money on things like character abilities and, yeah. and health like, packs. There's a few yeah, uh, you can get the the gold backpack, which uh, when you you have the gold backpack, you revive your teammates with more health, uh, oh. which is like pretty useful. Uh, not that I think we had the chance to really <laughs> no. revive. Yeah, Derek uh, and I kind of got destroyed. Yeah, we won a single round, and it was because I had a hero play where I ran yeah. straight into the enemy bubble <laughs> and killed both of them. It's it's really jarring going from playing the battle royale to playing the arenas. Uh, I absolutely agree. You think about the like the way the engagements happen. Yeah, like, and just the meta of it. Yeah, like no, and the the thing that caught me off guard so much playing the arena mode is when you shoot the enemy and they're coming at you, they don't back off. They don't like, yeah. none of them disengage to like heal or anything. And you're like, wait, wait why, why are you still coming at me? What? Like, yeah. You, I like I just did a ton of damage to you. Why are you charging me? I bought a sniper rifle and then we fought in like an enclosed space for a full minute. And at the end of it, I was like, why did I stay there? Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I try and, and like get a better vantage point? Why did I go there in the first place? Right. So eventually it's like, I, I like how it, it's like, since it's faster paced than the battle Royale mode, it encourages you to like 
think quicker about your decisions yeah. and and the things you need. Like very quickly in in the second round, I was like, I need to buy an SMG or like an assault rifle. Like I need to have something to keep up in tight quarters. Uh, because you know, like you said, everybody just ran straight at us. Right. Um, there was round one round where we had like a bit of a standoff where we were on opposite sides of the map, kind of sniping at each other. Um, but then because the circle closes, it's you know it's a pretty small map compared to the battle royale map, but it's yeah. large compared to Valorant maps. Um, so since the circle closes in, it forces you to you know get closer to each yeah. other eventually so, you have to like close quarters engage if you haven't picked each other off from the distance yeah. yet and and the one of the other most interesting parts about it is that it completely changes the dynamics of the characters because mm. you initially picked lifeline and quick and we quickly realized well you can't pick lifeline because like there's just not enough time for you to heal right like yeah. when you when you need to heal you won't have time to because the enemy will be on top of you where in like lifeline is almost essential in the battle royale. Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, like I feel like we would have needed a full group of three in order to fully like utilize her her abilities. Because like the one nice thing is uh, she doesn't. Uh, one of the things they updated her character with, uh, I think like two patch two seasons ago or maybe one. Um, she no longer has to heat like self like when she revives people she just drops her little drone and the drone revives so she can actually still fight so like that's the one thing that's like useful but even then i had no chance to like get close to you guys to to like re help try to revive you like it, it was just yeah. like so quick so uh cramp so uh yeah i i feel like i don't know i feel like there might be a character meta that will develop in uh in arenas because there's got to be like the perfect team comp out there. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see. I, th I think I don't think they they're gonna do ranked for arenas, but probably not this season. Probably next season, and yeah. I bet that's when the metas will really start to uh, show up. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's, it's it was a really fun, you know, breath of fresh air in the apex genre because the apex yeah. like core mechanics have always been really solid. Um, so it, translating it into this space is, mm -hmm. is super cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd love to play with a full team of three to see how that see how that changes things because we had you know a random both times and and each time we kind of just went off and did his own thing. Right. It was um, like either we had to do our thing and hope he did okay, or we'd have to just follow him and hope that like things would. Yeah, having a three three people probably. I guess same thing with, like when we're playing Valorant. Like it helped when we had all five. Oh yeah. Of us doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. When you're doing tactical shooters, you gotta have a full party to like really, unless you're really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Which, which we are not. We are not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely, I'll definitely play that some more with you, and hopefully, like Tcon and Jeff, uh, and Adam, if you want to. Uh, I've been thinking about it. It's free, right? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, free it to play. That's all I need to and hear. It's on, and it's on Steam, which I didn't know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have hey, to, I have to delete that in the background. Hell yeah. I'm gonna, um, I'll get that going. Why not? Sweet. Well, while that is happening, Derek, you got anything? Uh, <laughs> After you're done yawning. So besides playing uh, arenas of Apex Legends, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, since so. The new update came out, and I had started playing a little bit before the new update, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot how much I like this game. Um, and then I asked you guys, like, what 
what platform you, you're probably going to play on. And I was like, all right, if they're going to play on PC, I guess I'll, I should get good at playing on the PC. So I switched over to uh, playing on the PC. The worst part is that it's not, you can't carry over your progression. Yeah. So I don't have any legends unlocked, <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> that's that's takes... like, I noticed that the same, the same uh, thing. Cause I, I played for a brief stint with a friend of mine on PlayStation uh and i like i think i have like a couple of good skins on that but on pc i have a, a legend unlocked which i was like oh yeah what? i didn't i don't remember doing that yeah it sucks because like i don't i don't play the core legends anymore <laughs> i all i like all the legends i play are like unlockable yeah ones so i've got a i'm pretty close to i think getting enough of the currency to unlock uh, unlock someone so i'm like i gotta pick like all right who who do i know that like i'm really good with that will help will make this faster <laughs> so i can get like more experience so i can do it a lot faster because i don't like uh i don't care about the new the last three or four season legends i think mm -hmm. only well i did like horizon uh, i think that was last season or two seasons ago oh man i don't even know um she was pretty cool but like I don't care about like Valkyrie is cool, but I would rather not play her. I'd rather have a Valkyrie on my team. Um, so I've got to decide who I'm going to unlock. Uh, maybe yeah. Caustic. I like playing Caustic, but I also like playing Octane and Mirage. So we will find out. But yeah, I've been playing that a lot. The new Legend is pretty cool. Uh, my favorite thing about her is when she's on your team. When you do the jump in the beginning, she marks where everyone is when they jump so what? you can see where people are when you're like if you didn't already notice like the skydive trails like when you drop mm -hmm. on a location you'll see how many teams are actually at that location which is Whoa. super helpful um and then that's like her ultimate as well as she uh launches in the air with all with everyone else like with your two squad mates with her and she does the same thing she marks where everybody is and like that location so she's like another recon uh legend or whatever um but she also has pretty good mobility which i've like spectated a few people who've been playing her and it's pretty crazy how quickly they are able to like move around the map with her with her jump jets mm -hmm. um so i feel like she's gonna be pretty good for a little bit but i don't think i don't think she's like overpowered because you can't you can shoot her out of the air pretty easily um but she just it's it's having an escape mechanism like Pathfinder's hook shot, grapple hook thing is kind of useful. Um, I don't think I'll ever play her, though. I'm not good at movement. <laughs> yeah. How many just movement when you can just shoot people? Right. Uh, but other than that, uh, I've been playing more Bravely Default. Too. Oh, nice. Uh, just chipping away. Yeah, any, any closer significantly to beating it? Uh, yeah, I got to the next chapter. Um, which I got to this really weird part of the game. Uh, the end of the chapter I was on in Wizwald, which uh, I'll have to talk to Jeff about. Yeah, I but... was like, I was like, I wish Jeff was here because I literally like cannot help you with this. Yeah, I, the it's just really it's really fucked up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, the character, the final boss, um, literally paints with the blood of people. Uh, and it's kind of like the the game is kind of okay. like a cutesy, like not too dark up until that point, and then it just 
took a real weird turn. Wow. Uh, in that chapter. So I, I don't know if that's what Jeff was talking about when he like said the game took a weird turn for him at some point, like 10 podcasts ago. But so I'll have to ask him about that uh, when I see him later this week. For sure. Because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is kind of fucked Oof. up. Uh, but yeah, I still like, I'm still picking away at that game probably for the next like month. I'm, I'm, I think I'm halfway done. Nice. Uh, yeah, but that's it besides the big two. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, in that case, if that's everything from everyone, then we are going to take a quick break. Uh, I got to pee real bad. Me too. Um, <laughs> Ditto. Dibs in the bathroom. Fuck. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I forgot they were in the same house. We're being so freaking fast. <laughs> I'll be back. I'm starting yeah. to. I'm starting to get tired. I need some tea or something. I'm gonna get it. All right, we have returned, and returning Eternal. is what we're going to do. Return, <laughs> Returnal. There was something Return there. Eternal. That, there, was, there, that was a pretty. That was a pretty smooth segue. There was something there, and we uh, definitely didn't find it. Um, but we're going to talk about Returnal and also new Pokemon Snap. Uh, do you guys? I guess, I guess first show of hands, how many people have played Returnal? Me and Derek, and how many people have played Pokemon Snap? All right, the three of us. So, who wants to? What? Who should, Who wants to go first? What should well, we do? New be- better question. How long do you think you guys can talk about Returnal? A fair bit. How long do you think you can talk about Pokemon Snap? A good amount. Good. <laughs> I, 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 I I got some stuff written down. All right. Uh, there's uh there's I'm gonna roll a die, which right. I have right here. Uh, I'll call it. Uh, All right, ready. Even number is Eternal, odd number is Pokemon. I like it. It's a six. We're going with Eternal. Woo. The power of Dungeons and Dragons brought to you by... Well, wait, I, think, I gotta know. What die did you roll? Was Chester. it a six? It was a D6, yeah. Perfect. It was these. Beautiful. Hmm. All right, so Returnal. Derek and I have been playing Returnal. Yeah. Uh, it is really good. Yeah. Returnal's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Same here. Yeah, Derek. So how uh, how much have you played of it? Hours. Uh, I've played a good amount. Um, how much have you played of it? Uh, not as much as I'd like. Okay. Honestly, but I've played it for like ten hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- want to have played it for more. I think I also am at. I think I'm at like twelve, eleven, twelve hours. I want to say yeah. when I looked before I I turned it off earlier today. Have you? This is tough. It's hard to be vague. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the third biome. I've gotten to the third biome. You've gotten to the third biome. Okay. Yes. Have you gotten to the boss of the third biome? No. No. So you, you've only be in the. So you've done the. What's the second boss's name? I is it like I, Ikara? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But either way. Yeah, that's how I'm at the third biome. Are you also in the third biome? Uh, I am beyond that, I guess. 
Okay. Is the answer. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, so now I, I have had... to. I, I was having a lot of trouble with this game. Really? Yeah. I I could not get a good a, like a run going at all. Um, I want to say I got to the second biome like two or three times mm-hmm. total. Uh, and I like I just I don't know. I I kept just dying a lot because I was playing dumb. Yeah. Um, and I I find the same thing for myself. I I was like hyper focused on like when am I getting the next upgrade? When am I getting the next upgrade? Um and not like focusing on like my like building a like picking or like making good decisions and like making sure I have a weapon that I'm I like using and like having a run go well. So I kept like d- just dying randomly because i was just like all of a sudden i got into a fight and my health started going down and i couldn't i just couldn't fight my way out of it um but today i finally had a good run and it just kept going <laughs> like really? it didn't stop and I that's was kind like, of that's kind of how Whoa. i went too like it's like the first time you have a really good run and you like are still playing smart then it carries you for a while because yeah. that time that I like got to the third biome, it was the my first attempt at beating at fighting the second biome's boss, and I yeah. beat it on my first try, and then got a decent way through the third biome before I made a stupid decision and did like the challenge room and died. Yeah, yeah. that's what usually would happen to me. Is I was like, I'd be like, ah, yeah, I have enough health to beat this, and then yeah, nope. yeah, no, the game is the game is pretty difficult. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh you have to be good at like um multitasking yes which uh is not something i am always good at in a video game yeah there's a lot you have to keep track of you know because there's there's position of your enemies you know projectiles that you might not even be able to see uh your cooldowns your yeah your like ammo count and then there's there's a lot of like micro mechanics in this game that are like really satisfying to master, but also very like very high barrier to entry, right? Mm-hmm. Like the overload, I think it's mm-hmm. called, when it's basically a mechanic where when your gun is reloading, there is a window on the reload bar. The reload bar will fill up and that's when it'll reload. Uh, so the reload bar is red, but then there's this one window on the bar where it'll turn yellow. And if you hit the fire button during that window, it automatically instantly reloads. And yeah, you don't and have you to get like a bonus, I think. I don't know. Do you? I think I don't know if you get bonus damage or maybe or it's only maybe it's only when you have adrenaline. Maybe only when you have adrenaline. I because I know there's there's artifacts that give you even more effects when yeah. you hit the overload. Yeah. Yeah, so there's stuff like that. There's stuff like just cooldowns in general. Um there's the there's a, a lot of risk reward in this game with uh art with um parasites and yeah. and malignants uh which are i think they give you malfunctions yeah malfunctions um, yep it's it's really cool though because it like creates this this really cool dynamic that uh i don't think was present in a game like Hades uh where like for the most part all like a lot of the upgrades in Hades are just like pure beneficial yeah, right. I don't think there are like negative effects. Yeah, 
which is which is fine, you know. But I think in it's a lot more interesting uh, from a game design standpoint, where you have to make more uh, in like informed decisions on the upgrades you're taking because some upgrades will give you uh, malfunctions. Some of them have a chance to give you malfunctions, but yeah. sometimes but sometimes they won't. So it's like there's a give and take to everything, uh, and it's like some. Some, uh, but the and the cool thing about it is that there are ways to get rid of the malfunctions, right? Like it almost gives yeah. you little mini objectives, right? Uh, where the you can, and sometimes it'll say like, in order to get rid of this, collect a parasite, and but then the parasite will give you a, another like a, a detriment, yeah, or something, right. right? Like it's it's so cool. Um, I guess we should we should talk a little about a bit more about what the game is, um. It's basically a third-person shooter roguelike, which which we knew, yeah. uh, with a with a time loop mechanic, with a little um, uh, Metroidvania esque exploration. Yeah, because there are. I would I would definitely agree with that because you'll notice there are things that you that are like clearly visible in the first biome that you can't access. Yeah, there's like there are barriers. Uh, that you can't get past. There's like these things in the air where you're thinking like, well, maybe I can use a grappling hook or something to get to that, but I yeah. don't have a grappling hook. There, there's uh, things underwater, but you can't. If you go in the water, you you, you immediately die. die. Or take damage. Well, you take damage and respawn. It's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, and so it plays. I think you know, disregarding Hades, it's the most interesting uh, gameplay to story dynamic that a roguelike has ever had you know hades did it so you know beautifully well mm -hmm. but this is like the next best right like i and i haven't experienced the full story so i really can't say how well they've done it entirely but so far it's really really cool because there's the house too yeah there's like some elements of metroidvania there's some elements of a horror game because like the house is so pt-esque the, the the house that the house portion is very uh creepy Mm -hmm. It's a very well-directed horror segment. Yeah, uh, and I would say the game kind of is a horror game. In a way, yeah. It, it, like, story-wise, uh, it's kind of like a psychological horror-esque uh, story in the way, uh, like, the character is basically trapped in this, like, segment, and she keeps finding, as you... At, like so the story basically plays out in uh like audio recordings that you find of uh from her yourself. past selves yeah yeah Which well it's it, like that's the thing is it's past or future selves it, you really don't yeah, know yeah and that's the thing that's can that's the only really like confusing part about the game for me is like i don't know the continuity of it and but it's like there it's weird because there is a lack of clarity on the continuity, but your character, like the Selene that you play as, retains memory and information, like from what right. it seems. So that's the only part I don't get. It's like, how is it that there are multiple selves of Selene, but this one is retaining knowledge? Right? Like I like that's the only thing that's really not getting me about the story. Yeah, that's that and. <sighs> Does it make any more sense? Essentially, <laughs> uh, I don't really know. Uh, I haven't gotten far enough. Yeah, because so I just basically got to like the next point in the story, 
Uh-huh. Uh, and it definitely, like, that's where it's like, I really have no idea what's going on. Uh, and that's, I think, what's so cool about this game um, is, unlike Hades... Uh, Hades tells its story through its characters. Yeah, but this game focuses so much on isolation. Right. This char- this there there are no other characters in this game for you to interact with. It's just Celine interacting with herself, and so there's no other perspective to what's going on. Like the cool thing about Hades is you you see this perspective of Hades himself and like the gods looking on on Zagreus and what he's doing and so there's a lot of cool information you collect but with this it's you know it's that different genre of storytelling where it's just like yeah you're isolated you you the player only know as much as the the main the character and there's yeah. no one else out there to tell you more it's all up to you to play you the player to to figure out what's going on, it yeah. uh, it very I think is reminiscent of uh, the storytelling you could say in Outer Wilds, where you only it's up to you. You have to figure out what's going on if you want to know the story. Like there's nobody that's going to yeah. tell you what's going on. You have to go find the sh- the stuff. You got to go explore the world. Um, yeah, the the looter narrative is very well done. Yeah, in this, it's in this game. Yeah, it's cool for just yeah i've been, i've been thinking a lot about uh, hades in my head because that was like the roguelite that was like this is the greatest roguelike ever with all its storytelling and everything and then like playing this and like seeing a different way to do it mm-hmm. in a really cool way i think um yeah yeah i'm liking it a lot i don't and even I know i don't know how is, long it is me neither i think i think i heard uh some talk about they're like in order to roll credits you it takes like maybe 18 to 20 hours yeah but, that's okay but that's you can well. but you want like there the game incentivizes you to keep playing after that because there's also like a secret ending yeah um so i'm really curious to know you know what's going on there and i think right. that this game is more of a pure roguelike than hades uh definitely yeah because like hades what hades did so well is it blended roguelike elements with its storytelling but this i think does the opposite where it blends its storytelling with the roguelikeness yeah. of it. Uh, because like, unlike Hades in this game, you can backtrack through all of the rooms and, you know, teleport uh, and set yourself up for uh, future runs. I think a little more like you can kind of do the same. It's, it works almost cl- closer to binding of Isaac than it does to Hades. Uh-huh. Um, Cause there is, I, I mean, maybe I'm, I don't remember a, a lot about Hades, but from, but in this game, there are things where you can invest your currency in this statue, and it will give you an artifact or something on a future run. Uh, and you can yeah. do something similar in Binding of Isaac, where you can donate coins to the shop, and as you do that, you'll unlock stuff, and those coins will still exist for you to to withdraw in future runs as well. Uh, so I think it plays with that um, a little bit more interestingly. Uh, and then it does some cool stuff with the bosses too, uh, yeah. which we, we we won't get into because I think the best way to experience this game is to is to figure it out on your own and not to know yeah definitely. a lot. Um, but it's dude, this game's so cool. There, the it just, the the combat is just super satisfying. Uh, to yeah. clear like to clear a room without a hit is very very satisfying. It feels like it feels like 
like no hitting a Dark Souls boss sometimes. It's just like or not or yeah, not getting hit or whatever. Because yeah. it's just like, yeah, I performed I performed that area perfectly. Um I don't know yeah, how many and weapons it's, and it's and it's reinforced with the with the adrenaline uh, yeah, system. The adrenaline the, the adrenaline system is, awesome. is yeah, it's a super cool mechanic. It's basically every three enemies that you kill, you get a point of adrenaline, and each point of adrenaline gives you um give, gives you some bonus. The first one yeah. I think makes your overload stronger. The second one uh I think is melee or, damage. Yeah, it's one of them's melee no, damage. You can see you can see enemies through walls, I think. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, but the caveat is that it's it's three enemies in a row without getting hit, and yeah. as soon as you get hit, you get reset to zero, and then you got to build it up again. Yeah, so it's like it rewards smart play and yeah. and avoiding damage. Um, and it's it's a really cool mechanic. It goes, um, the alt fires are really cool too. Yeah, uh, each I think the weapon variety is surprisingly unique. You know, yeah. as you progress through the game, you get more and more weapon types. Uh, because originally you start with what? Just a pistol, a shotgun, and an SMG? Yeah, it's yeah, right. It's kind of like a carbine, assault rifle kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and as you progress, you get more. But each weapon, the more you use it, gains different traits. And, yeah. you, and there's so many different alt fires and, like, and like different effects that each gun can have. Uh, and it's such a cool... Like, there's a lot of surprising uh, depth to it. Yeah, I, um, I, my the run that I did really well on, I got the uh, what is I can't the the one that's like basically it's got like it's like a machine gun. It's got tons and tons of bullets, yeah. uh, and it I got traits that made it do damage over time. Like it caused okay. like a bleeding effect, uh, and it also I think. Uh, Rick bullets ricocheted when you hit an enemy the bullet then ricocheted to another enemy oh and it just like melted uh all the en- like f- for a good like section of the game i was just melting every en- like no matter how tough the enemy i was just melting it in seconds uh, yeah. and then eventually got to a point where like the enemies got harder and it was no longer i had to pick up a new weapon but it was just like some yeah some of the combat like you know what you're eventually you start you know what you're looking for you know what you want yeah, uh, and you, the, and yeah. like and that's the the most important thing about it is the is the learning curve. And mm-hmm. this game's learning curve is ridiculously satisfying. It's like at the beginning you'll probably get frustrated, right? Like it it is a it is a difficult game, but the more you learn, the more you master it, the more the better you get. It's just that much more satisfying to play. Yeah. Um and and uh, the other criticism that people throw around is the length of the runs themselves, yeah. which it alleviates a little bit as you progress through the story, um, in ways that we won't get into because again, it's better to experience it on your own. Uh, but yeah, but I, like- I mean, I come from a, I think it's tough because everybody's point of comparison is Hades. Um, but I, I know that runs of games like Binding of Isaac, Risk of Rain can easily take, you know, 30 to 45 minutes sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. Like Hades is, is, is often, uh, billed as the, the roguelike for people who don't like roguelikes. Correct. And, um, yeah, like. Well, I think, I think more traditional roguelike fans will be fine with the length of the run. Right. Game. It, it's, it's, it's a time investment to keep going. Uh, yeah. the, the, it is unfortunate uh that the runs in this game do take as long i think it's 
like two hours to Sometimes. get a, to do a full to get a full run. I know mine today probably lasted me like three hours because I was like stopping wow. to do other things because like I was getting exhausted by it. Like I had to take a break at some point, and you can't. That's the one downside is you can't save. Yeah, that is uh, the one major flaw. But I think it's going to get patched in. Like they're already working on it. I think. Yeah, I, that would be great. I think that would uh, probably save this game for a lot of people out there. I think there are a lot of people probably who aren't getting this game because they know they can't commit that much time to like a single playthrough yeah. play of the game. That, I the IGN review of this game, I believe, reviewed by Mitchell Saltzman. Uh, I could be getting that wrong, but he, I believe, stated in his review that he was going to give the game a nine and the only like the thing that put it down to an eight out of 10 was the fact that you can't save during these runs and the runs are really long. Yeah. Like, I that's, like that's what broke it. They say you can, you know, put your PS four PS five in rest mode, but in a game, sometimes like this, it breaks the game. It breaks the game or uh, they release an update and it boots you out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I haven't, I have, I basically, if, if I'm done, I just die. Uh, that's yeah. what I've done so far. Uh, I guess I've never been that invested far into a run though, where I've like been like, "Oh, I gotta go," but I can't. You know, I'll just... yeah. But yeah, I, that's. I would say that, and I would say the other kind of like downside to it is the progression is very slow. Yeah, because a lot uh, of the progression is is barriered by making it to new biomes and yeah, you and won't it get to those biomes. Biome. Yeah, and you won't get there until you've like probably uh you ha you have to get better at what the game gives you first in order to get right. there and then you can unlock those. But the good part about it is once you unlock something, you have it forever. It's a row it, it it has uh it, it, the retaining progression in that sense. Yeah. Um so like once you unlock a weapon, it'll start showing up in the first biome. Once you unlock a power, it'll it'll start showing up in the first biome, right? Right. Yeah. That so. that is very very nice. Because uh, I, I know at one point I, I was starting to get frustrated because uh, I kept having to run through that first area over and over and over again, and it was like, yep, yeah, okay, I know in this room it's this encounter, and this room da da da, and it, like it was like, I just want to get to the next place and. The one thing is you have to deal with the kind of RNG of the layout of the map, um, where like who knows how many rooms it you might have to go through before you can get to the part that lets you get to the next biome. Uh, if you're like me and you keep just going down the side corridors because for some reason the Metroidvania inside you won't let go and you just need to explore every inch of the map you've already explored every inch of. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the uh, thing about it is yeah. The, because it's such, it's more of a pure roguelike. You can encounter the boss door in your first room. Right. So you know it maybe like sure you can try it, but it also might be worth your time to explore the rest of it and see what upgrades you can find. You know, and I think that's that's the tricky part about it is that in order to have a successful run, you need to make the run an hour long. Right. You need Which, to invest the time into it, and that. Which isn't a problem for me because every time I play this game, I'm so immersed. This right. game, this game is so immersive, right? Like the easily the best use of the Dual Sense, barring Astro's Playroom. Yeah, by, oh, definitely. By any game, like it's uncanny. Like 
the the coolest part about it in my opinion is the alt fire trigger the left yep. trigger basically so because of the adaptive triggers if you hold down uh the left trigger halfway that's your regular fire that's like how zoom. you that's how you yeah. yeah that's how you zoom in and fire your weapon and then when you hold it down all the way that's when it activates your alt fire so there's two like settings on one button that that completely changes what you're doing in the game which is so cool and yeah. then going along the same uh line of thinking with the alt fire the the rumble the the i almost said hg rumble the the haptic feedback uh when your alt fire is off cooldown when it comes off cooldown uh and it's ready to use the there is a specific audio cue a yeah. specific visual cue and the controller rumbles in a very specific way so the game is using three different senses to indicate uh you know how the game or like something in the game is ready yeah. which is and like it's so cool and in a game where you're like focused on like dodging sh like you're multitasking it's so it's like to hear that that like zwoop, whatever noise yeah, it makes or to, or like, to oh, feel okay. it right yeah, to it's feel like in some you know. capacity you know what just happened yeah. even if you're not able to to like see it yeah right you don't have to take your eyes off whatever you're shooting whatever you're dodging to check oh is my thing charged no like oh yep i've got it now let's you know let me let me use it whatever yeah yeah i i i hope we can do like a full uh spoiler cast of this game i would love that. uh if jeff is ever ever able to sit down and <laughs> and, and really dive into it because yeah jeff i mean it might not be for a while because yeah. jeff told me today he likely will not start this until after resident evil yeah so, which is understandable i know absolutely understandable yeah. they came out a week apart uh but Resident Evil's pretty short, so maybe we can uh, do it relatively soon. Yeah. But Derek talking, you saying that you got past where I was, like I just I all I want to do right now is play it. <laughs> oh, I I was I I don't know how to describe I was like at the like point at the I finished my run and I was like, okay, uh I guess I'm done. And then, like, whatever happened, happened. And it was like, well, I guess I gotta play more. <laughs> yeah, right? Every And, like, the thing, that, the thing that doesn't bother me about it is that when I, like, sure, the runs are long, but when I'm invested in the run, I'm fucking invested, yeah. dude. Like, I only want to be doing that, and I want to keep going and keep playing. And the really good runs are the ones where it's going to take the longest. So it's like, I think it, it complements itself in that in that regard. Definitely. So yeah, absolutely, my game of the year so far, without yeah, a question. Definitely a incredible. Uh, one of the like freshest game experiences I think I've had in a while, which is really yeah. cool. Definitely, yeah. House Mark definitely hit the mark with this yeah. one. <laughs> a great launch Ooh. title for the PS5. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Right? Can you imagine if we got this at launch? This and Demon Souls that oh, would have been man. the best way to to that sell you on cool. the technology. Yeah. Maybe like with Ratchet and Clank too. I mean, Spider-Man did a good job, but it was like I think barely scraping the surface of what is possible. Oh yeah. Um, but Returnal is Returnal's fantastic. Yeah, absolute must play. I think if you need to, if you uh, have the have the means. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think any like you said, Derek. Any further discussion would be severely treading on spoiler territory. Oh so yeah, definitely. Let's. Uh, why don't we we hop over to. The other game that came out last Friday, 
new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, opposite end of the spectrum now. Oh yeah. I mean, true. The true. It is kind of. It is kind of a roguelike. You do runs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but show vibes and wholesomeness. All right. Oh, so yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to kick it off because I've only played a little bit of it. Uh, Jordan and I started a fresh file uh, on my profile a couple of nights ago. And I only really did a few runs. Um, I don't think it's for me. You know, like I adore Pokemon Snap as a concept, and the original Pokemon Snap is very, very nostalgic for me. Uh, you know, playing through it, discovering its secrets, taking real cool pictures of Pokemon. I quote that game all the fucking time. Just that it's you were close. All the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, but playing the first opening levels of Pokemon, of new Pokemon Snap. I just like I just found myself becoming so uninterested in it so fast. It's like I think it the first Pokemon Snap had a level of crypticness to it mm-hmm. that I that really appeals to me because when you try and gamify it too much, uh it cuz the new Pokemon Snap has to introduce all these tutorials to you and it like it's like one level after the after another you like learn a new thing, but they have to like explain it to you and go through this cutscene. And the game is fully voiced, which is really cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't care about any of these characters. I just want to take pictures of Pokemon. So I, I personally wish it was less of a video game and more of just, here's more Pokemon Snap, but it looks cool. Yeah, no, the cool thing about the original Pokemon Snap is that like they teach you like all that stuff like while you're in the first level. So exactly. like, to aim your camera, you just press Z. To take a picture, you just press A, and like it stops it like right in the middle. And yeah, then it it's just, like and then it's you a just very keep, fluid. Keep it's a very yeah, fluid like, way of out. teaching you. But yeah. in in the new Pokemon Snap, there is a tutorial before you even hop in the cart, and I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't need this. Let me take pictures. So for you know, I I got bored of it relatively fast, and there and that was even before like there was mechanics and and shit that they haven't didn't even tell me and i didn't like i'd done like two or three runs uh and so i think i think the game just you know moves along a little too slowly there's a little bit too much there for me to to like fully enjoy it so mm-hmm. that's that's my piece i like watching jordan play it much more than i enjoy playing it myself <laughs> um so adam and jordan you guys are the ones who have played more of it so why don't you guys yeah. take it away so jordan out of curiosity how far are you in um like how many I... different areas do you have I the last area that I like completely unlocked, I believe, was the volcano. Okay, I think I just got to like I did the volcano and I got actually an undersea level too. I don't know if you I, I did. I did that too. I I I ended okay. up getting that too. So uh, I'll agree with Andrew in that it's a little more handholdy. Like it's definitely built more as a video game. I think that's more a consequence of the year it's coming out in. Yeah, I agree too. Like the the way the Pokemon games have just as a whole developed over time they're definitely a lot more handholdy as time goes on yeah it has to appeal to children exactly and i think that's why that's in there but mm-hmm. once you get into it it does have more of a progressionary feel than the original game did so like yeah. in this case like every course has levels to it so like you get a research level mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. once you go through it enough like okay you've upgraded your research level now you go through again and now things are different you start to see different 
species of Pokemon. They're interacting with each other differently. So the whole point is, like, as you go on, you can revisit the same area, but things are changing each time you're going through, which I think is a really cool little way to do things there. Yeah, I think that's... I honestly think that's really fun. And, like, because, like, in comparison to the original Pokemon Snap, if you wanted to see a Pokemon do something different, you'd have to interact with it directly by, like, throwing a Pester Ball or throwing a Fluff Fruit or, and just, like... Uh, and we do have that in this game, too, as well. yeah. This adds another level on that, like beyond that. Like, yeah, you can interact with them, but also as you do more research, so to see more stuff go on in there. And they even hint at it in the earlier research levels. Like, like you can, uh, new to this game is you can set a scan, it will show you things that are interesting. So sometimes you see like a spider web. Ooh, I wonder what made this. Or, yeah. hey, look, look at these fruit on the ground. Something burned it. Try to find out what it is. Yeah. And I, I like that, that other thing too, that like, as as you progress through the game, uh, the more like research levels that you have on that certain level, you can just go back and just uh, try to interact with it in any different ways, so that you can see different Pokemon and um, how some of that stuff in the environment came to be. It feels see, more like it's in like active, evolving ecosystem in this, which is a kind of cool way to put it. It's the it's what you want out of a game full of like adorable like mythical creatures, like. Don't just put them somewhere. Have them interact with each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's. I think that it's definitely cool that they that they made it more of a game where you can progress. But the thing that I liked so much about the original is that on once you're given all of the tools, which doesn't take super long. I think yeah. after the first few levels, they give you everything you need. Uh, yeah. That like once you have those tools, then it's the world is your oyster, and it's up to you to figure out. Uh, the the secrets in the areas you've already seen it's like there was a there was a playground mystery aspect to each of the levels where it's like well if you use the pester ball on this pokemon or if you throw apples at at this pokemon or you know take this picture at this particular time then something different happens and that i like that i like that uh more because the like the ball was in my court so early Instead of this, this where it does have to teach you things and then, you know, make you progress and do the levels over and over and over, uh, and like it quantifies it, which it does, and that is one of my yeah. bigger complaints about it: the fact that sometimes you have to do the same thing over and over to hit the next level. Right. And even then, there's yeah. also that the slight problem of like, so there's the gimmick here is that there's like this Illumina effect which happens yeah. at night, but you also get a throwable item that'll activate it for you. Yeah. But, in order to, but there's a different type of Illumina for each island. So before you unlock, you have to photograph the event happening in one of the courses. And in some of them, it's only happening in one spot. So you have to figure out where it is. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of struggled with that a little bit when it came to trying to find one of the crystal blooms. Uh, I think it was in like the sand level. Like I was like, where, yeah, like, where, do, where do I find this? But then a, I, I, a, I, it's I, only, the sand level was the worst one. Cause a, it only happens at night. So I you have to be that. on the nighttime course. Well, like you can pick, it's not like, you know, physical night. It's like, you can pick, are you doing this in the day or the night? Mm-hmm. There's also a day night cycle to each course, which is kind of cool. So you get different yeah. behavior. Based on and that. I, I noticed that super fast too. After I had decided that I would rather watch Jordan play it, Jordan got, played the next level which was uh like grassy plain night and then there was an entirely separate research level for the night time and i was yeah. like why 
I was like, why? Yeah. Just why are they? Why are they two separate levels? Just make it, uh, make it cohesive. Make it one thing. Because that but, would make sense. Right. I mean, I I guess they do it just to to see how you know different Pokemon di- like react differently at night. Sure. Too. Because I, yeah, I, I and know. I I understand why it's there. I just really would prefer if it was the the old way. You know. Oh, uh, well, it's not the same as when it was when I was a kid. Therefore, it's bad. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. That was just a but, continue. I don't know if you. Yeah. But the, the, it's interesting. Like there, it's fun and it's wholesome. I am enjoying it. Yeah. And it turns out actually it was a pretty popular thing for people to look at because a uh, short side story. I went with both my roommates to go get this, so we showed up to the GameStop in Coventry, only to find out. Like we got the only three copies physically they had left in stock, oh, and wow. while we were calling, while we were there, someone called and asked if they had any. Oh my god! Wow. wow. So like, evidently, so, like, people are actually we just like, sold out. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they told well, me, hey, like they didn't have a lot of, they didn't get that many physical copies. Like aside from what was built for pre-order, they got maybe like twenty. Wow. wow. But evidently, it was still something people were trying to find, which is, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that much hype. But even the oh, guys yeah, at Game Pop, I mean, we were talking to said they were stoked to go home and play because of the nostalgia. So I think that's a lot of the driving force behind this one. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon is a, you know, media giant. So it makes sense that not only would fans of old be looking forward to this, uh, but also new Pokemon fans who maybe haven't played the original Pokemon Snapper. Like, yeah. this This is a cool game where you take fun pictures of Pokemon. Mm. The other, My only other problem with it, I, I would say, but this is the, the grading system, but this is also kind of in the original game, so it's not really a complaint, but more, more of just an <laughs> observation about Pokemon Snap as a whole. Uh, but the grading system does not make sense. It's so, like, I don't understand how they give out points sometimes. Sometimes yeah, the game just kind of decides. Yeah. Sometimes the game decides, like, oh, this just looks better, I guess. Like, sometimes it's pictures that you think look better are not pictures that will score you more points. Yeah. yeah. And it, for some it reason. It doesn't make any sense. And, and I think that also kind of carries over from the original Pokemon Snap in some elements. Like, yes. If, if you take some pictures... And, like, something cool happens here, but, like, something kind of cooler happens here, but it's, like, a little bit clearer, then you get, like, a lot more points. And yeah. they, they add, like, a lot more layers to the grading system now with the whole implementation of, like, one stars, two stars, yeah, three stars, that, and four stars. that one is kind of weird, too. It's weird, too, because you can only submit one photo of a given Pokemon like for a wrong. level, so you can't submit a one star whooper and a two star whooper. You can only pick one of them for a, a given run. Yeah, and you know that that's obviously you know uh, not the. It's 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 weird. It's really weird. Um, yeah, like I understand because it adds more to do in the game, but I also like for quality of life. I wish that I was able to submit multiple you know, star rating photos if I wanted. And I don't even know the difference between most of the star ratings most of the time. I was watching Jordan play and I was like, wait, why is that one a four star? What is going on? Like, I don't know. I think for the most part, the four stars happen when you uh, get it to do something interesting. 
Right. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't really understand what qualifies I, I gotta, them yeah. as multiple like, stars. It seems to be to me. It seems like it's like the like event stuff that happens. Like, oh, he didn't just take a picture of it sitting there. Like, I got a four star on a cacnea on the desert run when I managed to lure it close to a sandstorm tornado and it launched itself into the air. So I got a picture of it falling out of the tornado. Yeah, like a four star for me was like. If you threw an Illumina orb at uh, a Machamp, like exercising at, at the beach, and it does, and it like flexes, that would be considered like a four star. So, like, yeah, that's that's really interesting. One of my favorite ones was uh, on the first level at night when the score bunny starts to appear. Oh, if yeah. You, in the very beginning segment of it, I got my four star on that. But if you throw one of the orbs, which for that Islander blue, he starts kicking blue fire. That's wow. yeah, that is really cool. So, some of it seems to be like. There is that old puzzle element to it where you're trying to figure out what you have to do to get certain things to happen. And it's Mm. stuff like that that is why I love the original N64 snap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I wish that it didn't take so long to have the opportunity to do that in this game. Yeah, it does feel like it's it's a lot slower paced because of this leveling system. Like, like personally, I prefer if the courses were a lot longer, but they had all this stuff in there already for me to just mm-hmm. figure out how to trigger it. Also, why is there not a speed up button? <laughs> That's know, exactly right? what uh, I was going to say. Like they are pretty, th- there's like no motor. Like if you wanted to go to a specific part of the course so that you could get a better picture of a Pokemon to get a better rating, like you'd have to just wait throughout that entire level yeah, and get to that certain point. And it's a, it's a, a it's a straight up regression from the first one because the first one had it. Yeah, yeah. It's and, like, and, why is that not here? Yeah, like the, but, everything else was over there. Like they only replaced like the Illumina or like the Pester Ball with an Illumina Orb. Like it's it's pretty much the same like concept. Yeah, but other than that, but I guess. There's definitely ups guess, and downs yeah. to it. It's still, yeah. I think it's still a fun experience. It's definitely like very nostalgic, reminiscent of the original. Yeah, it's basically like uh, if you like the original Pokemon Snap, you're really going to like this one. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. But you guys have any other prevailing thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, I'm... it's fun and it's wholesome. It's not like, yeah. like a five-star game on a rating or anything. But Right. Well, Adam, we'll know how many stars it has when you review it, right? Yeah, I want to get a little farther before I write it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one I, cool thing is the uh, like the thing I'm trying to do is like each area has like the Illumina Pokemon. Uh-huh. So it's like one like the Meganium on the box art is the one for the first island, and yeah. I've yet to unlock a spot to go see the other ones yet. So I'm trying to figure out how I get that to happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. I, I know I there's think... supposed to be more of them. Yeah, there definitely is. Because I, I was able to unlock a, a couple of them. I think at least like two, two or three more after the Meganium. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, other than other than you know what we just said of it, it being like fun and wholesome, and like you know some of the downsides being like it being a little too slow, or like you know some of the the mechanics with the rating system being you know a little iffy i i think it it looks it looks beautiful like oh yeah very well designed i love like like how each environment looks like it looks so diverse and unique and like how each pokemon like interacts in that environment and how they like you know how they live in that environment it's like 
it's almost it all for me at least it's almost immersive in a way like it kind of like it gives you that like that cool deep dive of like how pokemon are living when they're not you know battling against other pokemon they're just like in their natural habitat and that's why I think every Pokemon game going forward should incorporate in some form Pokemon into their overworld. Just naturally. Yeah. Like, just let's, like in Let's Go Pikachu, that was the best iteration of it. Actually seeing wild Pokemon on your screen instead of just, you know, stepping in some grass and running into something. Yes, like, it, was... it, just, it just feels so much more lived in and mm-hmm. realistic, you know? That it does. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, definitely not as much technical stuff to talk about as Returnal, but evidently yeah. it was popular enough where people were calling GameStops looking for it, which I was kind of taken aback by. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just but... glad to have it in my possession. And it, it, <laughs> I need to go me, find more Illumina stuff. Yeah, and for me, it definitely like lived up to like any expectations that I had just waiting for a new like Pokemon Snap game. So it, it definitely yeah. cleansed like, it cleansed my palate who for somebody who's been waiting for a new Pokemon Snap since there were like rumors back when the Wii U was out. <laughs> yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So did Nintendo. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of that I it's that point of this is what I expected. I'm not disappointed. Like Yeah. You know, didn't blow my socks off, but I got what I expected. Right. Yeah. And that's all mm-hmm. well and good. Yeah, I can be happy about it. Sweet. Well, if that is all we have for that, then that's going to do it for our main topic. So we're going to round out this episode with a good old-fashioned megabyte trivia, another thing that Jeff seems Ooh. to neglect. The naming, con- um, the naming concepts we have. Yeah, man. I was proud of that shit. <laughs> All right. Really so it. this is how this trivia is going to work. I am going to give you guys a number. And I am going to have... Y- y- I'm asking you to tell me what Pokemon has that Pokedex number. Oh, we're talking about like national decks? So to save Derek's life a little bit... They're only Kanto Pokemon. Okay, so the oh, original one. Okay, all right. That's okay. Like, that's going to help me. I at least had to narrow it down to what you knew, Derek. <laughs> at the very okay, least. So, so I'm not going to write down my answers. I'm going to Google search images of the Pokemon, I think. Uh, and then show it on camera. Maybe not. I sure. Know. I mean, I can't. I couldn't really see the, your phone very well when you glared it to me. Sure so, but you can yeah, do whatever you want. Too much glare. I'll just write it down. All right. Ignore me. Are some of these, I think, are pretty easy. Some of them maybe will be a little bit tricky for you, but let's see how it plays out. Uh, let's start with the first Pokemon. 25. This is either going to go really well or really bad. Okay. I got mine. I got something. <laughs> I've got mine. Okay. And for the record, uh, I originally had KOTOR trivia for this week, but I had to do this real, really quick, so <laughs> this is the only thing I came up with. Uh, we're going to start with Derek. Mankey. Uh, Jordan? Uh, I put Pikachu. Adam? It is, in fact, Pikachu. It is Pikachu. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can't even. Yeah, Derek. Now you can't even guess Pikachu for the rest of them. Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I knew you were gonna start with Pikachu. All right, Adam and uh, Jordan with one point. Uh, Moving on to number two, one hundred and fifty. Got any ideas, Derek? I've got some ideas. Oh boy, you guys! Let me know when you are uh, when you're all set. I'm all set. set. I'm all good. I'm good. All set. All right, Derek. What do you yeah. got? Mewtwo. Adam and Jordan. Mewtwo. Mewtwo. You did it, Derek. I did it. I you got, got one. one. Good job, Derek. It is, in fact, Mewtwo, my personal favorite Pokemon of all time. I have him on my wallet somewhere. <laughs> He's definitely one of my faves too. Uh, yeah. I I think uh, Mewtwo being in Smash is a big reason why I am a fan of him, oddly enough. Uh, Alright, well, moving on to number three. 39. This is where it starts to get a little trickier. Okay. Adam is somehow really scarily good at guessing Pokedex numbers, so we'll see how the rest of this goes. Ooh. I'll give you guys a hint in that all of the Pokemon I chose are not like like most of them are are like some of the more talked about or easily recognizable out of the 150. Okay. Oh. None of none of them are like really oddball ones, I guess. That makes sense. Sure. I mean like Mankey. Like Mankey, yeah. <laughs> hey, I love Mankey. Don't you diss Mankey. All right, but Mankey isn't really that culturally relevant. I guess not. Okay. All right, you guys all got something? I got something. All right, Derek. Meowth. Jordan? You know what's weird? I also put down Meowth. Adam? I put down Vulpix. Ooh, no, it is Jigglypuff. Damn, Jigglypuff. Should have guessed that. Damn it. But she didn't. Uh, Meowth is, is, I think, the correct line of thinking, so... Yeah, like more. Rec- I see where you're going with this. More recommend. Yeah, Jigglypuff in Smash. Um, all right, number four, ninety-four. Ninety-four. Mm. This is an awful idea for trivia. Why did I do this? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an interesting concept on paper. Is it better? Wait, what was the one Derek did? The Nintendo Direct oh, one? God. Yeah. <laughs> Better than that one ever. Yeah. Nintendo Direct trivia. <laughs> it was a novel idea. Yeah. Damn. Jordan, are you looking around your room for reference? <laughs> I have, like, not, like the, the closest thing I have to a reference are my Pokemon VHS tapes. <laughs> they, all, they, all, they all have just Pikachu on the spine. <laughs> well, I can tell you it's not Pikachu. Damn we already have that. Or is it? All right. All right. You guys all it. got something? Yeah. All right, Derek. Oh, yeah, I think I got something. Star me. Jordan? Uh, Gengar. Adam? I think this one's Meowth. It's Gengar. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah! Damn. Gengar, my second favorite Pokemon of all time. Damn, nice guess. Jordan, good guess. I'm I'm curious to know what 
uh, tr logic did you use, if any? It's one of your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no fair. He knew. Uh, to be fair, Adam, I have a Gengar keychain. I was going to go get it, but it's going to take too long, so I'm not going to do it. You also gave me your okay. Mega Gengar t-shirt. so That's true. Uh, all right. So going into question five, we have Jordan with three, Adam with two, and Derek with one. So let's see if Adam can sneak by and get this last one. 143. Jordan, you looked like you wrote down something real fast. Yahar. Yahar. Let's see how if your confidence is warranted. <laughs> Adam and Derek definitely thinking about it a lot more. Oh man, I don't remember all the numbers. Like I got it, I got a guess. Yes. You got you got Scyther and Scizor real close. I got Scyther dead on. I'm, I got Scyther dead on, but that was a complete fluke. I don't know, Adam. You got really close with with uh, what was the other one? Heracross. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah, bug types. Ooh. All right. You need a need a second, Adam? Or are you good? I have a guess. Okay. Yeah. All right, Derek. Zapdos, Adam, Snorlax, Jordan, Evie. It's Snorlax. Oh, God, yes, Snorlax. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't believe Jordan. You were really confident about that. Evie is one thirty-three. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! Wow, I can't believe that happened. Honest, wow. Honestly, all right. Never mind, this trivia is the best. Uh, <laughs> so now it's all tied up going into the tiebreaker. This one does not have anything to do with the uh, what we just did. This one, I think you'll find quite fitting. How many Pokemon are featured in the original Pokemon Snap? Ooh. Huh. Out of the original one, 51, which, how many Pokemon can you take pictures of? 87. The bite of 87? That's my that's my guess. 87. Okay. Derek is mathematically eliminated, but good try. <laughs> or, is it, or is it 87? I'll never tell. Uh, yeah, right? I'm going to go with 80. I'm going to go. I'm going to guess 83. I'm going to say 55. The correct answer is 63, which makes Jordan the winner ah. by, by virtue of math. Yeah, damn. Go. That was a close one. Yeah. Really? There's wow. only that many in there? Yes. Huh. Surprisingly, right? You'd think there was there was more, but there was just over a third. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And that makes Jordan the winner of the Megabyte my, Trivia. My very first <laughs> Megabyte Trivia win, I feel yeah, like. I mean, it's also out of like four, so. Yeah. Yeah. You still got better odds, still have a better stat record than I do. That's 25%. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to just about do it for us here at the Game Sharks podcast. If you want to check out Adam's upcoming Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap review, or Derek, you're, you're reviewing Returnal, right? Yep. Derek's potentially real re review of Returnal, uh, then you can check out thegamesharks.com where we will post all of those. Uh, we 
typically now stream every episode live at 6 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash Podcast. Tonight we did not because the way that Jeff's internet has been, Jeff, the way that we're doing this is that Jeff is uh, still technically in this call recording his screen, uh, but uh, due to his internet problems, we didn't want to risk him being absent and then having to constantly come back and then do it. But going forward, we should still be on Twitch. Uh, check out our Instagram instagram slash at game sharks podcast our twitter is at game sharks cast uh you can email us any trivia questions not topics just general q a type things at game sharks podcast at yahoo.com and finally our lovely member jose streams just about every day at 7 p.m eastern time so be sure to check him out at twitch.tv slash haywire underscore j and with that we are <laughs> Finn. Finn. Woo. Woo. Sweet. Ah, good.